Fuck pain. Fuck heartbreak. I'm still in love with life. From the multicultural headquarters of the future capital of the free-thinking states of America known as Los Angeles, this is the Drunken Dows Podcast. Tonight, a special interview time, as the folks responsible for the excellent new children's book, The Talent Quest, join us. Based on an idea by UFC legend Yves Edwards, author Brooke James, and illustrator, our own Savannah M., a.k.a. Nari, have joined together to create a fantastic way to expose parents to the idea of their children participating in the martial arts. And then there's the combat wombat, but we'll get to that in a moment. And now, asking you all to spread the words that corporations are not persons, I'm Rich Evers. And my partner in crime, the savage philosopher and middle finger of the gods, Daniele Bolelli. As we invite you to lower the lights, batten down the hatches, and prepare to open your mind for the Drunken Dows podcast begins now. All right, welcome back, everybody, to another fine episode of the Drunken Dows podcast, episode number one hundred and fifty-two. I didn't even know where I was for a minute. I saw that. That's uh, <laughs> and he's actually mourning. He has no drugs in his system. Nothing. At least not that we know of. It's just. I'd brag if I could. No, nothing. Hey, but you're happy, so that's what counts. Crazy protein smoothie. What's in that? That was some awesome. On you know, most protein stuff is disgusting. Let's just say it tastes like Play-Doh. It's absolutely nasty. There's this stuff that uh, actually a combination of two of folks who have either been donating to us or sponsoring us. Snow roast coffee. Snow roast coffee. Uh, we'll give our listener a discount actually, and uh, and then on it some of the. What's that protein, love? What's the one that you put in this? It's whey isolate protein from Oten. Mexican chocolate. Well, there you go. It actually tastes amazing. You know, this most is the way sponsorships should be done from here forward. Consume it. Right. Report. Exactly. Where are the steaks at? God damn it. Yeah. Right. We are, with that we ate them all already. We are we are waiting for a new shipment. But yes, so the sweet folks at Omnit, if you guys are even considering doing anything with protein, the stuff that they have at Omnit is amazing. I feel more swole already. Right. It's, uh, it tastes good. And that's not even a blue chew mention. Yeah, that's right. Uh, speaking <laughs> of which, <laughs> well, Rich, has, Rich has been passing this psychotic vibe on to me now, so we're just laughing like idiots for no good reason. That's Always a good start of the day. Yeah, man. Wouldn't you enjoy that? A bunch of whining. Oh, the world. Wah. No, no. It's better this way. I'm with you. <clears throat> so, speaking of which. Blue let's, chew. Yes. Blue chew. You make you make coo when you chew blue chew. Blue chew is amazing. If you guys haven't heard yet, uh, promo code for listeners is the word drunk. Yeah. D-R-U-N-K. And both Rich and I have been raving about the joys of blue chew chewable peel that's delivers some serious goods you uh whether you're tired you are not quite in the mood you take Elderly. that peel and suddenly 
your love life will get a, a rise. Let's put it that way. That's well said. Right? Is uh, it's awesome, man. It's uh, you know, again, it's not something that uh, I feel more swell already. Right? It's uh, no, it's great stuff. It's um, magic. It's seriously magic. Some days when you feel like oh, my energy is not quite there, Blue Chew performs its magic, and suddenly you can do things you didn't think you could or and, haven't done since you were twenty. And everybody is very happy as a result. So, uh, Rich and I are true believers now. Uh, we hope they'll keep sponsoring us for a long time because we really like their stuff. So they got a special offer for you guys. So you visit bluechew.com. That's the color blue, the word C-H-E-W.com. You get your first shipment free when you use the special promo code DRUNK. You just pay $5 for shipping. That's it. Again, that's bluechew.com, promo code DRUNK, and you try it for free. That's you know that, oddly enough, deal. it actually goes in with the uh, sample before recording for this morning as well. In which way? Well, Bluetooth, 7.30 a.m. Oh, I see. 7.30 a.m., Jesus. That's... Uh, you got to get the day started properly. That's ambitious. Can't send people out into the world unprepared and unfulfilled. I'm... Um, that leads to straying. I, I bow to you. Instead I'm, of just big smile and happy I'm, and... I'm impressed. Let somebody else ruin her day. I mean, so I guess, you know, yeah, in just a few hours since the day has started, we've already tried like 72 different products that they're sponsored. We're not even through us. the list yet because actually I did use my Dr. Sarah backpack that's been my friend for oh, half a decade now. Correct. So that's... To carry uh, the gear in. So of course. check. You've got the... Uh, you got the DS... You got the... I'm oh, it's one of the gray ones t-shirt. too. I love those. Those I don't do. Are those even available anymore? They did this whole slew of weed strains yeah, from I don't White know Widow to Sour Diesel. But if they're still out there, take a look and spin and see if we can find them. I mean, I love the the Acapulco Gold was a great yep. one. Um, What's this one? Maui Wowie. Oh, one. Columbia Gold. Columbia Gold. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, sure, design teacher, they change the designs all the time, but the one thing you can count on is that they're all awesome. Yeah. So check them out. So again, just quickly, sure, design T-shirt. Datsusara on it, uh, mention grassland beef, and a quick shout out to Snow Roast Coffee. These guys have a code TAO, T-A-O, the number 18, to get your discount. Uh, nice folks at nevertapgear.com. If you train in any kind of sport or athletic activities, they have great knee braces to make sure you're keep your joints solid and reduce the chance of injury. And also they produce this amazingly beautiful rush guard that Savannah designed with the badass female samurai Tomoe Godzen. Awesome. Um, with that in mind, anybody we're forgetting? Well, of course, please use our Amazon link if you ever buy anything from Amazon. That's super deeply appreciated. Um, anything else we need to say before we get going? Uh, to all your future sponsors, if your product doesn't suck, we'll properly brag about it. You are exactly correct. And if your product suck, nobody will ever hear about it because we'll say sorry, but we can't. And that's it. And if you're not a believer, we have over $150,000 in donations to Kiva.org, the people that do listen and do believe and do act. So there and, you have it, kids. And that's all Mr. Richiever's doing. Just he decided he wanted to run with it. He made it happen. And $150,000 later... I would say you have had quite an impact.
Hello and welcome to another episode of the Drunken Taoist Podcast. Today is... Normally, you know, we have one guest, maximum two. Today is like a podcasting event. There's three people around the table, one more joining us from across the world via Skype. This should be a good one. So in front of me, there's somebody I'm mildly familiar with. Miss Savannah M, also known as Nari M, also known as uh, the woman who did more damage to Ukraine than Putin himself in her last uh, one outing. So, yes. Uh, we'll, in case it gets confused, you'll hear her refer to as Savannah, as Nari, as... Uh, what's the whole story with that? What's your... Um, so, uh, my, my name is Savannah but the American adaptation is Savannah, but uh, it's so Savannah is my American nickname. Nadi is the Cambodian, is like my family calls me Nadi, so. Uh, Makes so sense. Some people refer to me as Nadi, some as uh, So Savannah. we'll switch back and forth. Mm-hmm. Joining us from across the world, Brooke James. Can you hear us okay, Brooke? I can. Thanks for having me. And we'll have a battle of the accent with Brooke, so that should be good. <laughs> Because uh, between yours and mine, well, yours at least is comprehensible. Mine is uh, weird. Sometimes. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And uh, the man himself, uh, UFC legend, Eve Edwards. What's up, man? Not much. I'm so happy to be here. Cool. (laughs) A sunny day in Southern California. Yeah, I'm going to take this jacket off. That's, I, I know, I... Yeah, you're a beast, though, because, I mean, it's a sunny day in Southern California, but it's still February, and it's cold. I woke up, I'm, like, putting, like, 72 layers because I'm a wimp. If I arrive in a t-shirt, I'm just like, fuck you. This is just... <laughs> has like, it been raining? It has. I, that's what I mean. It's cold, but he's a beast. He just woke up, and he's like, you call this cold? Come on. No, I'm, I, I was freezing. I'm, I'm from the Bahamas, but in the car I had the seat warmers and everything like So I was, I'm just fronting. I see. Well, you do it well. You fake very well. So that, that works. Thank you. Cool. Well, the reason why this particular mix of people is that the three of them are part of a team who put together an awesome children book called The Talent Quest. Uh, why don't we get? Why don't we do a run around of what brought you to this book? What your thoughts are on it, Brooke? You want to get started? Sure, I'll go first. Um, yeah, I mean, I think there's just a a stigma universally around um, martial arts, and it's something that when parents are looking to choose what sport they're going to put their precious little kids in. Um, it's not really uh, on the top of the list. So uh, obviously with Eve having um, had a long and successful career uh, competing and I have a daughter who is um, incredibly passionate about the sport, um, hearing some of those comments and I guess uh, misinformed um, views kind of led us to have a conversation about let's do something that can help uh, change and kind of remove that stigma. So uh, the idea was born and, and uh, our first book is, is now out. And I think it's, it's already doing that, if you, if you guys would agree. I think kids are embracing it universally. That's awesome. How old is your daughter? She was 14 last week. Sweet. Is she, uh, <laughs> is she training? 
Yeah, she, she's training. She's uh, currently a, a little hangry. She has a, a fight on Saturday night in Sydney, and she's, she's super pumped. That's awesome. What, what does she train in? What's the, what uh, kind she of She trains in uh, Muay Thai, uh, Jiu-Jitsu, and um, this is her first amateur K1 fight so check, she's, check her she's out booked Jesus. Saturday night and ready to go I'm mildly intimidated that's pretty <laughs> awesome she is an intimidating creature she outgrew me uh, well over a year ago so when she'll stop um, who knows wow <laughs> okay on that <laughs> note that's quite something I can't ban the iPad anymore if I say uh, hand me the iPad she says if you can reach it you can have it <laughs> Damn, mean burn, mean, mean, mean. If <laughs> do tell, children's book, how did this happen for you? Well, um, like Brooke said, I've been in mixed martial arts since for a long time. Um, I was introduced to it with the first UFC, right? And I fell in love with it then. Um, been around the sport since, and. I was an American top team, and there was a kids program started there, and I had this idea that if you attach some characters to mm-hmm. kids, um, kids could, could fall in love with it. Um, when I met Brooke, we were talking about, <clears throat> about mixed martial arts, and I told her about this idea that I had about putting these characters. I had these characters in my mind, mm-hmm. and... Um, so when I told her about it, she thought that was a good idea, and she was like, "I'd love to help you do that." Sweet. And um, we 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 sat down and <clears throat> just just kind of fleshed it out. Um, I had the five characters in mind, and she 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 thought, you know, you should add a girl to that. So I ch- changed one of those Since little fair. boys to a girl, <laughs> and um, I was like, you know, you're absolutely right. Um, let's do that. And then we just we just started putting the thoughts together, um, having ideas. She she wrote she came up with the idea for this book. She 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 sent me the what she wrote out, and um, there was like one thing I was like, well that's not mixed martial arts, but everything else is 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 what it is. And she right. was like, all right, I'll make that adjustment, and and like now we have the talent quest. I mean, she did a she did a really good job. Um, I really. I, I, and then Nari. I mean, when we found Nari, we you know we put out a, a, a contest on Instagram, and a few people um, sent in their submissions. And when we both saw Nari, Nari submissions, um, like we were, we were blown away. We loved Sweet. it. It was like it was like that is exactly what we want for kids, and um, that's where it started. And then then the book came, and and now we're moving forward. That's awesome, man. I dig it. By the way, when you started, when you said, you know, you started uh, getting into MMA from UFC 1, caught your attention, and then you started the whole... What were you training at the time? I started martial arts as a little kid. I mm-hmm. mean, I, I saw Enter the Dragon at three years right, old. Right, of course. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to be like Bruce Lee. Of course, who um, doesn't? <laughs> so I trained traditional karate, I trained kung fu, and when I was watching... Well, I'm sorry, at high school, the UFC started, and I was training kung fu at the time. And um, at that moment, the moment I saw those fights, I, you know, started watching K1 and, of course. and, and Pancras and mm-hmm. everything else. And, and I just, I was, there was a fight with Vernon White and he fought a Japanese guy in Pancras and he was losing. And at the end of the fight, he, he won by knockout in the third round. 
I was 17 or 18 years old. I rolled off my couch, got on my knees, and I was like, "God, please let me have fights like that." <laughs> please, please. So, so I, I mean, I mean, I've been, I've been fascinated by martial arts my entire life. Right. And um, when the UFC started, that was something that that really drew my attention, and it all circles around to now trying to do something because physically, I mean, you can't do everything. You can't do those things we could do when we were younger forever. So this is one way to give back, and and I mean I love martial arts, so and that will last forever. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. It's funny that you mentioned like old school, like pancreas or something. <laughs> I remember being like going to some shady Japanese video stores on <laughs> yes. hotel, finding bootleg videotapes, not even DVDs of like pancreas events. Yes, was, you're old school. <clears throat> it's pretty funny. Yeah. Pancreas and shooto. That's the way. Absolutely, some cool stuff there. Yeah, it was fun. Mary, do tell. So, first time, I know you have wanted to do a children's book for a long time, and uh, you got the opportunity. How did it happen? Like, did you stumble upon it on Instagram? Or Yeah, uh, a friend of ours shot me, actually, uh, Eve and Brooks um, call looking for an artist, and uh, that's how I... That's how it all started. So nice. I replied, so. not thinking much. Um, you know, I was like, I'll, I'll draw this because they had an ad out for, for designing right. uh, Butchie. Now it's Dozer. And uh, so so I drew up some designs and sent, reached out to them and they loved it. And it was just a, it was the perfect project for me because, you know, I love drawing my, my artistic style. Kind of I tend to draw more cartoony, more children's style mm-hmm. uh, characters. And um, and it's. And it's around martial arts, so it's like the perfect combination. Right. So, yeah. yeah, it's funny with your art because I'm always like, I'm always pushing her to go like, can you give me like a Frank Frazetta kind of <laughs> image of like epic uh, sword, uh, severed head, and yeah. uh, this and that. And when you do it, you and do it, it so out, damn good, right, you know. Right. But uh, your taste goes more to this, <laughs> yeah. naturally, for yeah. sure. That's your, that's hilarious. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, that's awesome. Well, let me ask you guys something. Oh, sorry, no, you wanted to. No, I like, I like, I like the fact that she said, um, you know, Butchie was was the character originally, and then Chase the Dozer. And um, here's why Chase the Dozer. Brooke, would you name the five characters? The kids. Uh, yeah, sure. <laughs> We've got uh, so Dozer. That's that's it right Bella. there. That accent and Dozer. Yeah. Dozer. I see your point. <laughs> that's why I like that okay. name. Of course, you got to so, a British or Australian accent saying Dozer is awesome. Every three minutes, you have to repeat that one just for. And he's British. So. You know, Dozer. just to. Uh, it sounds cooler when she says it. <laughs> Are you not on that note I have like you should see like my daughter and Sarandri they on a regular basis like just completely out of the blue sometimes they're like say and whatever word right because they know that I've got to horrendously mispronounce it so that's part of the entertainment and uh, yeah what is one of her f- oh yeah one of my daughter's favorite is like the word three as in you know the big uh, thing with leaves outside and the number three to me are the same there's no difference between those two words so it's like ah you say three and three ha 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 so I, I feel your pain I'm with you there well, I'm glad uh, we're keeping everyone abused. Right. I just hope you don't have to cut down three trees. And who is to say that we are the ones who are mispronouncing things? I know. That's the way it is. Let me ask you guys something. Um, 
what you guys try to do with this, there's kind of a tricky proposition in one way, because I mean, of course, I completely agree with you guys about the values of martial arts that they can have for kids in terms of instilling confidence, in terms of building character and all of that. So with me preaching to the choir, because I get it, you know, it makes sense to me. But when you stop to think about it from somebody's point of view who's not into martial arts already, there's something there to be said where it's like, look, put your kid into this activity where you will teach your kid how to punch somebody else in the face, how to choke them out, and that's going to make them better people. And it's like, wait, I'm sorry, how does that work again? It's like, how does that... And to me, in some way, there's the genius there was um, Jigoro Kano, the creator of Judo, you know, at a time when martial arts are basically dying out for being irrelevant to modern life. And the guy came out and was like, no, 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 time out. Martial arts are not about fighting. Martial arts are to build character. And everybody was like, what are you talking about? You know, they are the stuff that thugs do to beat each other up and to... And he actually became really damn convincing at creating a whole new rationale for martial arts in the modern world that are about developing the personality rather than purely fighting. But of course, again, when you are first telling that to somebody who is not already seduced by the beauty of martial arts, it's a little bit of a tough sell because it doesn't look exactly self-evident. What do you guys think... And we can go around on this, but what do you guys think are the... What is it about martial art training, which when you strip it to the basics, it is about fighting, that actually is about more than fighting. And it is about... I mean, I see it with kids. They do amazing stuff for their confidence, their personality and everything. What's the weird path that takes from point A to point B? How is it that learning how to fight translates to all these other things personality-wise that have nothing to do with fighting? I I really believe it starts with confidence. Mm-hmm. Uh, martial arts instills a confidence in children, especially when they understand that they can defend themselves. Defending, your, protecting yourself, and feeling safe is probably the first thing that human nature warrants. Right? That's the first thing that a person wants to be able to do. Um, and having the confidence in being able to do so, that just opens the door for all these other characteristics that that are that are beneficial. Now you have jerks in every genre of everything. I mean, you have cheerleaders that are that are, you know, that suck. You have um, politicians that's, I know we all know that. <laughs> yeah. But they're in every, every aspect of society, every group in society, there, there, there is a small percentage of those people who are ignorant and, mm-hmm. and, and just not good people. But the confidence that you build in martial arts, that I believe that begins to open the door to other traits, positive traits such as, you know, selflessness, kindness, you know, discipline, you mm-hmm. definitely have to have discipline. Yep. That's, that's the second trait that I believe martial arts can, well, the first trait that martial arts instills is discipline, and then you gain the confidence through mm-hmm. that discipline, and then the doors are wide open after that. And I think there's something really interesting in that concept, that when you feel safe, when you feel uh, that you're not vulnerable to everything, that can actually make you a nicer human being, which is kind of interesting in itself because it's like, wait, why? But when you stop to think about it, it's like, well, it's the classic thing. It's like when people are scared, they lash out. When people are vulnerable, they are more likely to be mean and not because they want to be mean because it's like there's a sensitive spot there. Don't touch it. I'll push everybody away to try to make sure they don't get there because otherwise they may hurt me. And if you feel that they can't hurt you, if you feel confident, then it's like, 
okay, I can relax, I can be mellow, I don't have to be a hard ass all the time. I think it's really funny that we're over here, you and I, Danielle, talking about this when we have a psychologist on the line right. who, who completely <laughs> understands this. I was just biting my, my, my tongue. <laughs> Please <laughs> do tell. Know, I love to talk. Please um, do tell. No, I, I, I was just going to say that um, one, of the, one of the things that, that I have um, been working on is with teenagers, and I found that I would be going into schools and encouraging um, headmasters, parents, teachers, if you have if you have a child, male or female, that that is in fights, that that is having te- temper tantrums, um, always in the middle and the thick of everything that that is negative in the schoolyard, uh, to get them into get them into a fight gym, get them into a gym, get them on a bag, get them training in any discipline, and I would have a lot of resistance to that. And what I realized was that, um, I'll never forget, there was a a headmaster who said to me, what on earth is the benefit of putting someone who loves to use their hands on other kids in a fight gym to just make them better at it? And that was one of the things that that kind of taught me that um, this, there is a huge misconception. Whereas if you look at anxiety management in kids or adults, Things like routine, uh, boundary setting, um, being accountable, they're all things that help to keep anxiety in check. So you're, you're training that child or training that individual to channel their aggression or, or whichever way their anxiety or stress will manifest itself. You're training them to, to control that. So... Um, that's where you see, and exactly as Eve said, um, when you're talking about uh, that vulnerability and, and gaining confidence, um, it is so empowering for a child in particular to know that they can defend themselves, to know they could go and choke out Johnny with with the smart mouth. Um, I hate Johnny with his smart mouth. He's an asshole. Because they can show restraint and discipline, and it encourages them to think about other ways that they could respond to that instead of just being trigger happy, I guess. See, that's when, when what she just said is like taking what I said and shaving off all the edges and making it so <laughs> poignant and, and direct, and you know, it Capture makes so much more sense when she says it, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, there's something to be said there that when uh, when you have the tools to, in this case, to fight, then fighting is a choice rather than a natural reaction. Where it's like, look, we could do this. Do I really want to? I'd rather go to the movies right now. Do I we really <laughs> we have to do get into this thing? <laughs> there's a, there's a scene from Enter the Dragon that that really kind of explains and, and describes my position on fighting and getting into fights and that's when they were all going to the island mm-hmm. Bruce Lee's on the boat oh, yeah. and there's a guy that walks up to him and he goes what's your style it's like the art of fighting without fighting yeah that's, that, that's it right there that's genius there's yeah it was based uh, it was great because yeah Lee I think he got it from this famous samurai story of a guy exactly what you describe on a ferry uh, one guy challenged the other. What's your style? The art of fighting without fighting. What the hell are you talking about? Art of fighting without fighting. Show it's me like, some. Show me. And he's like, yeah, yeah. But in order to show you, I need space. My art needs lots. Of, I can't do it in this cramped little boat. 
So let's jump into that lifeboat. We row to that island and I'll show you on the beach. Other guy is eager, so he jumps in the boat and the other samurai just let go of the rope and wave him bye-bye, <laughs> saying, okay, see you in your lifeboat. Have a good one. I just this, won. Yeah, this is the art of fighting without fighting. Genius, right? I yes. lo- and I love that Bruce Lee used to do that kind of stuff, that he would throw in these little philosophical nuggets in his movies that yep. were, you know, you got the standard Bruce Lee story, which is the archetype for every bad martial art movie ever made. But then he would throw these things that were just pure genius in there. And uh, and never mind the fact that he could get away with anything anyway, because he was Bruce Lee. So I love Bruce Lee. Of course. He's my hero. How can you not? <laughs> you know, even uh, It's funny how to this day, Probably, if you think about most famous people in the 20th century, or even down to this day, I think Bruce Lee is like, you know, you can think of actors that are well-known in some parts of the world, not others, or other political figures, whatever. Bruce Lee, everybody knows Bruce Lee. Yeah, I think it's Bruce Lee and then Denzel Washington. Right, (laughs) so Denzel is next. (laughs) Denzel is the man, I must say, yes. But yeah, that's one of the things that's interesting. And and of course, as you said, you know, it doesn't always work at alchemy. You know, occasionally there's the guy who train and just remain an asshole. And now it's just a more effective asshole at beating people up. And that does happen. But that's not the norm. That's not, it's not the, the most... Standard. Uh, no, definitely no, not the standard. No, and I think standard. that happens in any sport. I mean, there's, Absolutely. there's, there's people who, who like self-control in, in anything. I mean... Um, I don't know about any bad rugby guys, though, bro. <laughs> no, there wouldn't be any bad rugby guys, especially when you see them in pubs at 3 a.m. They're but... all wonderful, and I see. Yes. <laughs> but they entertain us, so we let them get away with everything, don't we? Are you not entertained, as you said? Yes, that's the way. <laughs> but one of my favorite characters... Uh, is Bella, number one, because Nari will agree she's, uh, she's a girl. Uh, <laughs> and girls are doing great things in martial arts. Uh, but also, I, I love the message of you don't have to be the biggest and the strongest. Uh, you don't have to be the biggest to be strong. And that I saw some photos recently from uh, uh, one of the jiu-jitsu uh, gyms in Canberra and there was kids of all different sizes. It's up on the combat uh, kids page. And these kids, I mean, they all they all roll with each other. And and some of the the little pocket rockets in there can do can twist bodies into some strange contortions. And I, I love watching it and the confidence that that it instills. That it's nothing about size. Yeah, that part is. Uh... And I think that's where I'm interested in some ways, you know, because today the shift has been, whereas in the 80s and 90s or just like you started, you know, with more traditional martial arts and the shift now has definitely been more toward uh, combat sports, MMA and stuff like that. Clearly for combat reasons, there have been logical reasons why we've gone that route because we have seen now what works in MMA and what all the stuff of traditional style that wasn't working quite as well. I mean, there were clearly stuff that does work, but also stuff that doesn't and all of that. The question that remains of are modern combat sports able to capture that same vibe in terms of character shaping, personality building, uh, all the the discipline, all the stuff that we like about the traditional martial arts, what they do for people. Do they translate 
into training when you are a kid in combat sports or is it better like i've seen like it's funny i've seen people who are super high level combat sport guys who put their kids in traditional martial arts first and their thing is like yeah we can get to that later if you want to do combat sports but they start them out in judo or taekwondo or something like that right yes um do you think is that something that could be done straight in you know you get to is it good for a kid to jump into training mma is it good for a kid to start with traditional martial arts it really doesn't matter on the art itself is more on who's teaching it what do you guys think i truly believe that it matters more who the instructor is Mm -hmm. um you know great leaders create great men right um and I, I believe that a great instructor who understands value and can instill val- these values into the children, into um, make sure that they understand what these values mean mm-hmm. and how they're beneficial towards you. Um, traditional martial arts does focus a little more on that because there's a lot less combat. There's no distraction of yep. actually competing and applying the technique um, that, that can save your life. So... There is a, there's, I believe there's a slight variance in, in that, but um, who's leading the dance, I believe, mm-hmm. is, is truly, truly important. Uh, these, these gentlemen who compete in mixed martial arts, but they put their children in traditional martial arts, I believe they also have a background in their childhood from traditional martial arts. Uh, I, I feel like I would do the same, mm-hmm. but with traditional martial arts, there's a lot more coordination that comes along. Um, because the moves aren't as intricate, sure. especially when it comes to jujitsu. Yeah. Um, Muay Thai is a little more brutal, mm-hmm. but um, for children, it's not so much so unless you're in Thailand. Right. <laughs> then, it's, then you have like yeah. 30 fights by the time you have 30 fights by the time you're nine. Right. So it's like, by the time get in there nine. and just pummel that other kid that will all gamble on it. That's yeah. the way. And three, yes. 300 that, that weren't recorded. Yeah, of yeah. course. <laughs> I mean, every, every, every cab driver in Thailand use, has probably 150 fights. Right. It's, yeah, that's a little intense for sure yeah and there's something to be said about that i mean i agree completely with this notion that the um, the art is more of a vehicle for certain ideas then there's something magical about the art itself it's like when people ask me oh what should i put my kid in or even for themselves you know what should i get into i want to do martial arts what would be the best for me it's like it really depends just go visit a bunch of places and yes, That's, what art yeah. you practice is important, but the vibe you get from the people there counts a hundred times more than which art. But you were saying, but I'm sorry. Sorry. I, I think as well, uh, some of the, the major promotions that, that we all sign up to watch on, on TV, uh, I mean, we've all watched the big, the big build-up and, and the, the chat back and forth and and we get inspired by by the clip that that's designed to to hook us in and, and make us want to watch these these people fight um, but I don't think that's always helpful to to what's really at the core Agreed. I think um, you know that's obviously designed to get a response to hook people in to watch but it takes away I think and I, I, I think that's fed the stigma. That, that is around the sport because because not every um, combat situation ends up looking like the end of the UFC. I truly, I, I 100% agree with what Brooke is saying. And um, I personally don't necessarily like the way 
the promotion of mm-hmm. fights has been going over the past few years. Um, I, I, I believe sports, especially sports, should be a meritocracy. And um, you should earn, you know, your opportunities. Um, not not through what, you know, how much smack you can talk of on course. Twitter. Of course. But through your ability inside the cage and, and your character. Um, that's, spe- that's huge for me. Speaking of that, everybody should check out. Do a Google search about Eve uh, Wayne. Because uh, every time, you know, you see some people at the weigh-ins and they all look mean, they get on each other's faces, they push each other and all that stuff. And you see Eve, you show it up with donuts right after weighing in, giving the donut to his opponent. And they're always like having a blast and hugging each other and stuff. And then, you know, they're going to go in there and fight and go as hard as they can in the cage. But... Before and after is fun and games, you know. Before and after is everybody's laughing, is playing. It's so, and one thing that I loved is that almost unfailingly, I don't know, maybe it happens sometime, but every one of the scene I've seen, your opponent pick up on it. They go like, oh, of course, this is all. And then they are cool with it. Yeah, they don't, they don't keep any of that. You know, if somebody came in with a different attitude, probably half of those guys would be all hard asses and be nose to nose. But the way you approach it, they're all laughing, patting you on the back and having a great time, you know? I'm kind of a hard guy to hate. And it's hard, it's hard to hate the guys giving you donuts. Right. <laughs> donuts <laughs> tend to help. I would have been pretty hungry by that point. Exactly, <laughs> yes. Donuts are, uh, are a winner there. And I've, 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 I've been asked things about some of my opponents. You know, they, they've said this about you and they've said this and they right. want a sound bite that, that's going to going to cause some controversy but for me it was it was never about that because i've trained very very hard i want to be the best in the world and this guy has the same thought and he signed a contract and th- that that says that he believes that he could beat me right i don't care if he picked my mama from the airport brought her flowers and gave her a foot massage i'm trying to knock him out of course but that's going to happen when we step in the cage right because of the contract that we signed before. I think as well as just the nature of the sport. I think I think at a at a grassroots level, it breeds respect. Um, I mean, I, I can um, speak from my daughter's experience that she respects everybody that that she is is in a fight with because she knows what it takes to train. She knows what she sacrificed. She knows, and and, and that's at a teenage level. Yeah. So um, I, I don't think there's there's ever been a time that she hasn't hasn't respected their journey to to where they are um and i think that that's a beautiful thing no and that's why anytime you see somebody stepping into the cage doesn't matter how bad they suck like they may have like like it's kind of like hey man did you really think this was a good idea your training does not (laughs) look like it paid off i don't care the point is that person still has ridiculous guts and they are tough as hell just for that like in some way, you win when you step up. You know what I mean? Just stepping up, that separates you from 99% of human beings. What you do after that, that's what you do within the 1%. You know, that's what takes it to another level. But in regards to what you guys are saying about, uh, you know, the promotion of fighting, which especially in the US, that's how it's been from the start, right? It's the just bleed approach to UFC. Yes. In the very early days of UFC, they were openly marketing it as a blood sport. There was a, I remember very early UFC exec when they were asking him on TV, 
How do you win? You win by knockout, by submission, or even death. And it's like, come on, man, what are you talking about? But, you know, that's how they marketed. They marketed, you know, for the longest time. They had, uh, they had the gladiator scene right before it started. You know, it was designed to... And you see it, you know, when you go to a lot of events, some of the crowd is educated in MMA, some of the crowd is just drunk and want to see blood, and that's the reality of it. I'm interested because, like... The route you went, Nari, with one FC, that seems like they are almost con- like as an organization. For those of you guys who are not familiar, one is now probably the biggest organization in Asia, and they seem to consciously market themselves in a completely opposite way. Like, do you want to tell us a little bit about what their approach is, what they seem to do, why you like it better than fighting in US? Yeah, <clears throat> I mean, it kind of goes around what we're trying to um, to to present with the the talent quest uh, around martial arts. Like, it's it's not it. We're, they're not trying to promote like the, this brutish sport, uh, like making it a blood sport. That they, I mean, there's that aspect obviously, um, but they go bigger than that. They they kind of uh, they like to show character uh they like to really focus on the fighters as how they are as people outside of the cage um Mm -hmm. and uh yeah that's kind of like which is perfect for me because i was you know um on this during this my my journey this this mma journey i was like trying to figure out um i want to go that ufc um which would be the obvious thing since i'm in the u.s um uh, but luckily we found one but uh, yeah like when we were figuring that out I was like UFC with all this trash talking and stuff I'm going to do terrible at selling <laughs> tickets because like I'm the worst trash talker right. <laughs> so, so that's why uh, one is like such a perfect fit for me because it's just uh, you know just you're you're in there and, and you respect your opponent and um, and you leave all the all the all the other stuff are inside the cage and after that you know you hug it out and you be respectful to each other. Yeah, that's like, yeah, I can picture your UFC interview where it would be like, what do you think about your opponent? It's like, I like her braids. They're really cute. <laughs> <laughs> they, yeah, that would be... Exactly. But you know, in, um, what I love about the one packages they put together mm-hmm. um, is they celebrate the, the nation that the fighter is from. Mm-hmm. And, and often, you know, these are some really... Um, you know, seriously, third world parts of, mm-hmm. of, of you know, Asia and their entire community and family and network is behind them and the, the hope that they instill in those communities. Um, I love watching those packages and I love getting goosebumps because I'm watching people who are giving back and inspiring people to know that they if, if they work hard and if they if they, they set their mind to it and they, they have that confidence that, that this could be them one day. And to watch that as opposed to some guy, you know, in aviators and some, you know, ridiculous suit. I mean, I, I would rather be watching <laughs> watching something that's genuinely inspiring. Mm-hmm. To, to speak to what Brooke just said, um, I, I won, one of my camps, I had Malapet, Muay Thai mm-hmm. legend, come in and, and help me train for that. And um, he was. He said to me, I, I, I won't try to imitate his accent because I'm horrible <laughs> at it. It's like, but he said to me, um, you know, fighting 
Muay Thai is is family. Like my father fight, my grandfather mm. fought, um, and when my grandfather fought, you know, he fought for the village. Um, the, the other village would bring a cow. My my village would bring a cow. <laughs> We'd inspect the cows, and um, and then when they're approved, then we dig the pit and they go down there and they fight. Right. And, and the you know the winner, they they got they got the cow and the whole village eats. Right. You know. Yep. Um, so 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 when you talk about the one experience and how the you know these smaller places they they really get behind behind their guy because that that tradition has kind of been passed on that's kind of ingrained in their dna uh-huh. to to support their own and and i i truly love that also with one thing i think um rich franklin being the president of one is a big deal uh-huh. uh he's he's an actual martial artist he he he's been in there he's he's bled he, he has the scars you know and um i although you know the UFC is doing great. Dana White's a businessman. He's sure. not. He's not a martial artist. He dabbles in martial arts. While Rich Franklin is a martial artist who dabbles in business. And um, mm-hmm. I think the the presentation of of, of these promotions kind of show that um, he's. It's not about the dollar first. It's it's about you know the honor and the respect and the sport. So I, I appreciate that too. Yeah, because um, uh, no, you're right. The culture is different. The culture is very behind different. it. You know, the culture in US, the average, and again, there are plenty of exceptions, but a lot of the crowd is there for a violent show period. You know, yeah. whereas a lot of the vibe that you get from many Asian events, and again, I don't want to stereotype because, of course, there are ten thousand exceptions to what I'm saying, but you do get more uh, an appreciation of the art for our sakes. I mean, even like, again, like all the one promos, as you guys are saying, it's like, they're almost funny because every single one is, this person came from this crappy neighborhood uh, dealing with extreme poverty and having no food, and then they train, they become a beast, they become successful, they go back, they teach the kid how to read, you know, completely as these people as role models as good human beings as opposed to just being oh you're good at kicking people in the head being good at kicking people in the head is part of that story it's what allows you to get there but ultimately what they are interested in is what do you do afterwards you know you got that fame and fortune what do you do with it that seems to them more important than that you got the fame and fortune in the first place and and that those traits and, and those things that you're speaking about, that um, I really think that ties into the book because that's what the book is about. It's about developing that character, building that kind mm-hmm. of person. Um, when when Brooke and I first started talking about this uh, character, character was the most important thing. Mm-hmm. You know, we wanted we wanted something that that teaches kids to to believe in themselves to make decisions for themselves and to not just just follow you know we, we would like to encourage and and you know just really just really to encourage children that are going to be leaders because mm-hmm. like, we've heard it our whole lives children are the future um what we put into their brains is what what they're gonna what they're you know th- those are gonna blossom when they're they're adults so putting this book together um, putting something together for ch- putting the series together, something for children to grow into and, and can, that they can grow with. I mean, we all remember the books that we loved as kids, um, the stories that we loved, and I'm sure we also know which stories uh, really affected us when we learned the lessons from them. And that's what we want to do with these things. We want to put some lessons in there that kids can understand through through seeing the example, seeing the experiment happen, and 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 then applying that to their lives. Absolutely, because ultimately that's like 
no matter how much we may fall in love with the art of martial art and the fighting and the technical skills, ultimately all that stuff is secondary to you know what you get in terms of personal development is going to help you 24-7 for the rest of your life. Learning how to do the perfect armbar, that's great. But realistically, how often is that going to be meaningful in your life? Right. You know? yeah. So it's like so, the Pythagorean theorem. Right. <laughs> There's a... I, I think as well, um, and Nari will speak more to this, um, living it at the moment, but I think for women and, and young girls in this sport, the talent quest is is an opportunity to really showcase the opportunities that exist. Um, Eve spoke before about Rich Franklin. I, I love what he is doing with one, uh, with women. Yep. And I love uh, the, I mean, women, any any female athlete is gorgeous. Women who train, train martial arts are um, have incredible physiques. I think it's great. Let's celebrate that. But it doesn't have to be... Uh, a sex symbol all the time. Mm -hmm. I think um, sometimes that can look tacky and it's designed to take, I want to see two women who have lots of talent who, yeah, they're great to look at, but let's not focus on that. Um, Let's look at their skill and let's look at um, how hard they've worked for this opportunity. And I think that that is another reason why parents can sometimes shy away because if the only access they have to look at the sport is on the TV screen, then, um, you know, ring girls, they do, they do a great job. They're, yep. they're iconic, but I love the way that they can be gorgeous, attractive women in a, in a, on a one card, but they don't look like, uh, <laughs> you know, they, they just look classy and they they look a certain way and i think that if as a mom of a female who who is in the sport i i think that's a good message and i think um one is doing a great job of of focusing on that yeah the emphasis on um on the gender side of it is interesting too like the other day i was watching uh, just yesterday actually i was watching this documentary brilliant documentary about something going on in Dagestan. And they showed this uh, one guy who opened up this martial arts school where, you know, it's a boarding school where people go learn how to read and write as kids and all the other basic things you learn in school. But then they spend like four or five hours a day training, right? And it's, you know, the whole documentary is done so well and you really get a feel for the culture and you do get a feel for what he's trying to do. That You know, he's in a country where it's torn apart by religious warfare and nasty crap all the time and he creates kind of a more secular safe heaven where the goal is to turn these kids into good human beings first and foremost and he happened to do it through martial arts. So in some ways, kind of the perfect story, very much related to what you guys do with this book. But I was watching it with my daughter and the first thing she said is like, okay, there's a boy, there's another boy, there's another boy, there's 22,000 boys. Are there any girls in there? And I was like, it's Dagestan. I do not think so. I don't they have, they have no girls in Dagestan. Yeah, they, they, they are not the ones who are going to be in the fighting game. You know, yeah. that's like the way the culture is. It's still, I mean, it's amazing what they are doing with these kids. But yes, and in fact, she's like, yeah, with these kids, you mean with these boys? I'm like, yeah, that's, yeah. you know, as far as where it is right now there, yes, that's what it is. And the fact that, you know, over the last few years, that is beginning to change when it comes to martial arts, where, I mean, I still see a monstrous opposition to female MMA, 
I see like on the average uh, MMA message board, there's always like half of the people are like, I hate women's MMA. They need to go back to the kitchen kind of thing. It's like unfailingly you see that stuff. But luckily, there's a whole other group of people who do not feel that way, who are okay with the notion of women being strong, being tough and developing uh, their skills in a department that's traditionally been more associated with masculinity. Yeah, there's... there's Things have changed for for women's MMA in the in the long run and in the short term. Um, over the past few years, since Ronda Rousey was in the UFC, women have been getting more of the spotlight. Uh, but the women's game was behind the men's game for a while because they didn't have as much competition. They didn't have as many opportunities to exercise. Of course. Um, and now you start to see that there are. You know, there 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 are some some exceptional women that still exist, and there's still a big gap sometimes, a prob- possibly a bigger gap between the the elite of the women and the not so elite of, of them because of the fact that they haven't they haven't had those opportunities to exercise. Yep. But the more you see that, the more you will see women like Shevchenko and Chris Cyborg and Amanda Nunes and and the young women like for sure. Like, you know, Joanna Young Jacek and 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 some of the and, and Rose now Eunice, mm-hmm. you know. But I mean, speaking of which, Rose was a perfect example of the stuff we're talking about. Yes. Like when she had uh, when she won the title, and you know, in the classic, I'm the greatest, I'm the best thing. They yes. interview her, and she's not like that at all. And she's kind of emphasizing this idea of like this is not really as important. And she's talking about winning the UFC title, which for just about any athlete would be the greatest thing ever in the history. She's like, yeah, this is great. And all, not that important. Being a nice person is important. Yes. Hugging each other is important. And you're like... That's right. You and remember that interview? That Eve mentioned. Yeah. Uh, every one of them uh, is inspiring as a, as a woman as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, they their, their character and the way that they they respect their opponents and the way they conduct themselves that's exactly the type of image that we want to see when when you're a parent uh, particularly of a daughter and and they're showing an interest in this sport yeah that's one thing that always cracked me up uh, about you Savannah when uh, you know from the first fight on where you know Stance, uh, you get into the fight, bell rings, your first match, 18 seconds later, you just put this poor lady to sleep. And, you know, the normal thing that happens is people jump around the cage, they are all excited, they do 3,000 black flips, and there's this sense of like, and you are just rolling, you didn't even raise your hand. You are kind of like, okay, we're done. Thank you for the fight. It was pleasant, but... You have the most subdued vibe after a match that I've ever seen. Where you, even like the last one it was, right? You took her down, got the ground and pound, the ref stops it. You get out, no celebration, no jumping, no hand up. You have a smile, you know, it's kind of like, yeah, I'm glad I got the it's job done. Time. And it's like, and then you're like, okay, thank you, bye. It was fun. And I find that hilarious. I, I love that too. It's it's like you, you put in the work. You expect yeah, that's exactly. what you expect, right? Exactly. You're this not surprised. Is, this is what we've been working on for <laughs> forever, for hours and hours. So, yeah, there's. A, I feel like a, if I were to celebrate, I'd be like, "Oh my god, I did! I I can't believe it! Right, right. I believed it." <laughs> yeah. One thing that's um, it was funny when you did that. When you did that, your last fight in uh, 
your fighting one. Um, my daughter's coach was there. You met him, um, mm-hmm. Josh Tonner. And uh, he said, I'll film it for you. And then he said, oh, I missed... Uh, I, he didn't even get recorded. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was funny. It's like, you got, what, three matches? You're under three minutes cumulative right now. It's like... <laughs> Yeah, that's I, I got a toot Nari's horn. Um, the one time I trained with her, uh, the thing about her that I learned and I appreciate is her coachability. Mm-hmm. You know, she she listens, and then she will implement or attempt to implement what you what mm-hmm. you bring into the table. So that that is a trait that um, also, you know, that that's a that's a great trait for young kids to learn. To, to understand when someone has your best interest and they are trying to help you. They're giving you advice that, that's beneficial to your longevity in a sport or to your life. And um, that, that's, I truly believe that is one of the traits and one of the characteristics that martial arts can, can teach children. And I think that's one of those that's really hard to learn because the, why is it that people don't listen when actually they are getting good advice that's going to make them better? A lot of the time because there's ego, right? Yes. It's like, if I acknowledge that I don't know this, then it's going to make me look worse. I'm supposed to be great already. I'm not supposed to. And the whole point of training martial arts, like ultimately training anything where you get, the beauty of martial arts is that you get honest feedback in testing it, fighting. Yes is that you realize that, no, if you had all the answers, you wouldn't be there. If you had all the, nobody has all the answers all the time. There's always the best fighter in the world is always learning something new and is always putting themselves with that student mind of like, okay, what can I learn today when I get on the mat? Yes. And, and you go into any, you go into any uh, gym that, that is run well, and we've spoken about leadership before, but you're, you'll see a, a, a football team i'm trying to use sports that are universal here mm-hmm. what did i say last time netball or something and everyone said what's that um so you look at any of those kids teams and um they could be running ragged around an oval but you walk into to a kid's jujitsu class and it, it would be extremely unlikely for you to see kids running around not listening and i think part of that is because the techniques that they're learning are you know, they build upon each, uh, upon one another and become more complex and that takes, takes focus, but also it's instilled very early that, that this is a discipline component and they learn to, to listen and learn. And, um, I, I just think that's one of the, the, the reasons, one of the, the principles and, and that, that we could really instill in kids by, by getting them to sign up. Yeah, and I think that's one of the things I've seen with my daughter that has been the hardest and most rewarding to be able to see the transformation is when getting across the message that is completely and totally okay to fail over and over and over and not be good from day one and not expect to be amazing. And the whole point is you show up, you step up, you try. Okay, that wasn't as good. Okay, let's try again. Why is it not working? And really break it down with no ego, with no emotion attached to it. It's not reflecting on who you are. It's a math problem to be solved and you're missing a piece of the equation. So let's work on adding that piece. Okay, now that you have that piece, now it works. It's that simple. And that way you start taking things a lot. Like that ability right there, for example, to take criticism not personally. 
where unless it's mean criticism where somebody explicitly trying to put you down, but if it's just like, hey, this is why it's not working, think about how much that skill plays out in the rest of life on any workplace or any personal interaction in a relationship in everything. It's like you get criticism and it's like rather than being, you know, the standard reaction is let's get our hands up and defend. I need to defend myself from this criticism because it's an attack upon me. And it's like, no, maybe it's not an attack upon you. Maybe it's just something that if you take it in and you use that feedback, yes. makes you a better human being. So you're actually doing me a favor in doing that. You're not being uh, somebody who's putting me down. You're helping me figure out a way to get better. And, you know, nobody, we all have an ego. You know, nobody likes to be told they are not amazing and cool and whatever. But ultimately, if done in a friendly fashion, that criticism can be super helpful to you as a person, much better than 10,000 compliments just patting you. You need that too. You know, I think you need both. You need positive reinforcement for sure. But you also need the little thing that helps you move, move the one inch past your normal comfort zone. And whether it's technically and what you talk about in terms of coach ability is a good thing because it's not only is a good thing in fighting, but it's a good thing in everything, right? Yes. Because it means you listen. It's a huge skill right there. And, and that's one of the great things about combat sports is, is that is the, the problem-solving mm-hmm. component where, yeah, one thing will not work, but if you are teachable uh, and, and you are, you're listening to, to learn, not just to respond, then there, I, it's incredible to watch the transformation as kids improve and then become adults. Um, watching them problem solve their way out of a combat situation and and trial and error um that instills incredible confidence in people that's one thing i like about um live goes mm-hmm. you know when you're rolling um you can have a five minute go with someone i i've had five minute goes where i did not fail one time mm-hmm. but i've had five minute goes where i've failed 50 something times of course you know in a five minute go um, and the ultimate failure is tapping, but then you get to reset and yep. try it again. Yep. Um, and that's that's the best way to improve. Yeah. Most definitely, because you have that immediate feedback where it's like, okay, it's this is not a personal argument. This is this what I did did not work, right. plain and simple. So let's figure out. And I find it funny how that works. Again, like looking at my daughter, she started doing taekwondo a while back, and she um, she normally in any other context she's absolutely allergic to authority right in school or in any other form is like you get somebody telling her what to do her standard reaction is like fuck you i'm not doing that sounds like me but because it's like because she doesn't because she doesn't respect that authority it's like you haven't turned it you don't get to tell me what to do because you're not believable in a martial art contest when she go in taekwondo school she just has zero problems going through all the motions, the ritual, the stuff, listening, because to, that authority has been earned. That person who is credible, that showed up on the mat and the way they teach helps you improve. So suddenly the very same stuff that she would absolutely reject in any other contest, in a martial art contest, she's like totally cool with it. It's like yeah. discipline, no problem. Listening, no problem. Uh, going through, you ask me to jump through six hoops, I'll jump through six hoops. At school, she's like, yeah, right. <laughs> so it's funny how... I think how... that's one of the things about, about these types of gyms is that they really do instill a sense of family. 
um, and a sense of belonging. And that's one of the, the, the reasons that I've encouraged teenagers who have lost their way uh, to, to connect with a gym because instructors really are earning respect, you know, as you say, because they're, they're demonstrating, they're supporting, they're, they're, they're teaching and building upon those teachings and that's, that's scaffolding that learning for those kids or that connection for, for those people. So um, my daughter is very similar. She's incredibly stubborn. I have no idea who she inherited that from, but uh, she... I was watching her last weekend and she was going to spar and there was a different uh, instructor and he had her skipping and I felt like it was going forever. I thought, how long can this kid skip for? And she's not feeling it, wasn't feeling at the top of her game and I thought, she's got a stitch, I could see, (laughs) you know, and um, I said to her afterwards, you know, wow, the skipping, you know, when were you going to stop? And she said, you don't stop. Right. Like it does, and I thought, you know, if I told her to skip out the back for half an hour, yeah, know, she, she'd she'd laugh and put her headphones back in. Of course, you know. But it's that it's that relationship that they have, and and that connection to something, and the respect that they have for one another that that breeds that that kind of discipline. Also, the 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 love they have for the sport. Um, like when Brooke and I first met. A few months later, her daughter broke her collarbone. Mm. Um, for a twelve-year-old or an eleven-year-old, that a lot of times that's like that's it. I'm done. Yeah, I'm not doing course. that anymore. Of course, you know. But that that pain. I, I've broken bones before, and they hurt. You know, that pain is was not enough to deter her from from doing this. That that's that's a love and that's a passion. Um, happened to me before. I was injured. People are like, "You're gonna retire?" No. With, with, you know, mm-hmm. I'm sure you've been hurt, Nari. You know, you've been doing it long. Anybody who's gotten to the level that you're at has to have had injuries. So mm-hmm. that that stick-to-itiveness also, finding something that you love and, and following it through, that that is also one of the traits that martial arts brings to people. Mm-hmm. And um, I, I, I'm one of these people who believes there are these rules in life that they translate to these other situations, and there are so many of them that children can get from martial arts, and I believe there are there is more from mixed martial arts simply because of the adversity that's involved in the sport. For sure, definitely, and I mean because that's the the reality is that after we philosophize, philosophize and rightfully so about what martial arts can do on another level, there's also you know back to the raw essence of what we are talking about. It's an intense game. There is no argument. You know, I've seen like for example. Before uh, before Savannah fights, she does not want to see stuff about her opponent. She does that. Like we went through the Instagram of some lady she had a fight with, and it was all adorable picture of this lady with her dogs. And she's like, I'm so glad you did not show me this before the fight because I cannot punch this lady after I see her in this way. You know, it's like she's too sweet. She's too... It's like, I cannot do that, you know, it's like, I'll, uh, you know, I don't want to be mean, but at the same time, that's the reality is otherwise we're just going to go for dinner and have a pleasant chat. I'm not going to be able to fight somebody if I just start thinking they are sweet and adorable and whatever. So it's just they like, love dogs. exactly, you know, they love puppies. How can you possibly punch somebody who loves puppies, you know? <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, punch them and the dog. No, I'm, just, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> but yeah, and I think that's the hard part of it. That there was something that Evan Tanner once said that I thought Tanner was so great in uh, his philosophical approach to the game. But there was something that he said that he was like, you know, I love so much fighting because of the epic. I'm paraphrasing, by the way, but something along the line that he said, you know, it brings something heroic and epic out of you, you know, in facing these advertisements and overcome them and do all that. But there was, I wish there was a way we could do it where I don't have crush somebody else in order to get there. And, you know, granted, they'll do that to me the next time and there's a even go and stuff. But it's like the nature of the game. And maybe it's, that's why we like it because it's kind of like life, you know, that there's, we can be as nice as you want, but life is harsh and there are bots. But there's something about it where it's like, there's almost, and I kind of get it from your lack of celebration sometimes, there's almost a bittersweet quality to the game where it's like you're so ecstatic over what you have accomplished and what you have done. And then you turn around and this person that you don't hate and you just knock them out and you're like, oh man, you know, this person is now going to be dealing with those feelings and those emotions, never mind the physical aspect of it. So it's very interesting that way because it's, uh, I mean, and again, I come from a place where I completely love it and I get it, but I do understand a bittersweet quality to the game. Two things about what you just said. One, I want to go back and just say it clearly, Evan Tanner, because you know people are going to Google that name now. <laughs> and then um, I, I completely agree. I mean, I've 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 competed against friends. Right. Uh, I was supposed to compete against other friends, and different things happen. But um, you, there's there's no holding back. And at the same time, in the gym, in a mixed martial arts gym, um, Nari, I guarantee you, she she could back me up on this. In that. You're punching your best friends in the face daily. Of course, <laughs> right. Yeah. Sometimes that's one of the best parts, though, right? <laughs> yeah, most of the time. Especially when it's Mike Brown and Dustin. <laughs> but I had once... Uh, that's what I noticed. Yeah, we stopped sparring after a while. There was one time we were sparring. At one point, she whacked me a little harder and... Uh, in that moment, like, she dropped her hands going like, oh, I'm sorry. And I probably, like, punched her right back. And I was like, oh, shit, what are we doing? <laughs> this is, like, terrible. This is not working. That's abuse. But, yes, I was like... Her hands were down. Yeah, I know. It's like, hey, the, the bell hasn't gone off. Why are your hands down? That's your problem. Protect yourself. Yes. Matilda, my daughter, once uh, was sparring with her dad. And uh, she she hit him a little harder than he was expecting. And uh, that was the end of that. He, he, he labeled it as a now uh, controlled sparring in a gym environment, which means I'm never sparring with you again. <laughs> that's how it is. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No, I mean, and, and I think that's what also is, um, as much as it is what scares people and what's uh, the, the bitter part of the bittersweet equation, is also the part that makes the sweet part the sweetest. Because the reality of it is that if he wasn't this raw, if he wasn't this real, if he wasn't something that you recognize as, okay, this is how life is, you know, most of life is not going to cater to my needs, the universe is not just going to be kind every time bad shit happens, bad things do happen. How do you deal with them? How do you respond? How do you react? That's the very fact that martial arts are about that, where there is this harsh quality to it, is what allows you to face it and deal with it. You know, if it was all uh, 
uh, puppies and donuts, that would be sweet, but that's not the way life is. Right. You know, we want it to be that way. In the ideal world, that's how everything would be. The problem is, yeah, we can build a happy little island and the rest of the universe doesn't work that way. And we'll be reminded of it time and time again. So finding a place to enjoy the puppies and the donuts while at the same time looking straight in the eyes at the harshness of life that's probably what that balance is where makes you ultimately a healthy person living in this world. Agreed. Um, I, I love how you said that because that's my promo for for putting your kids into mixed martial arts. That's my promo for, for this book is that your kids are going to face adversity at some point. Yep. How prepared do you want them to be for it? Mm -hmm. Because um, mixed martial arts will, pre will prepare them for the physical part of it. Um, but it will also prepare them for the emotional, the psychological part of it. And that's really what we want to do with this book is, is promote the fact that mixed martial arts isn't violence. Mm -hmm. it's, it's about protecting yourself. It's about being stronger, um, having character, and, and doing the right thing when someone's not looking. Mm -hmm. Which is what... Oh, sorry, go ahead, Brooke. Sorry, I was just going to say, being a parent, um, you, you would probably feel this to a lesser extent with, with Nari as well. Um, but being a parent, uh, particularly of a female, I think, um, I, I've watched lots of fights. I, I've screamed at the TV for people to be knocked out. I'll, I'll put my <laughs> hand up and, and, and admit that. But with my daughter now preparing for fights and um, watching what she goes through, and uh, this is the first time that she she's um, cut cut a, a little bit of weight too mm -hmm. and and watching that um unfold she's six foot tall and there's not much to to cut off her so um it's it, it's been a challenging week for her and and watching her go into a fight i mean i i, I want to close my eyes and and run away but this is what she does and this is what she trains for and i think as a parent you you have to respect the hell out of that and and you have to you have to support and keep your eyes open because because this is this is what the her path and her quest i guess so um it, it is challenging as a parent to to support your kid in that situation but yeah. the benefits that that she has received from 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 training is incredible for sure. And I mean, of course, I cannot relate because I have no emotions. So I'm completely like, I don't. <laughs> and you know. they're over so quickly. Yeah, like. Nari's fights are over so quickly. You've yeah, got Jesus. nothing to worry about. Yeah, it was funny. When she had that fight, I was, uh, I was here on the couch probably sweating way harder than she was like she looked like she looked like she's a kid going to disneyland right she's going to the fight she has a big smile she's all relaxed and she say oh my heart rate didn't go up one beat in the meantime i'm on the couch hyperventilating going like <gasps> i was in i was in kuala lumpur and i was thinking just that a couple hours before the fight i was like oh, nanny's probably freaking out right now you're laughing about <laughs> yeah, it you laughing. bastard <laughs> <laughs> I totally was uh, and it's like it doesn't even matter like it doesn't even matter what match it is it's like what you're saying Brooke right just the very dynamics of the game are the if somebody you love is involved in it it's almost easier if you are going through it than if somebody you love is going through it because then you you know at least if you're going through it it's something you can do about it you can Whereas if somebody you love is going through it, it's like you can just sit back and watch and there's nothing really there for you to do. So it feels more, 
oh man, it's such a weird feeling. It's, uh, it's just pure anxiety. Yeah. Having no <laughs> control of the situation. None whatsoever. And you're like, oh, this is gonna be... <laughs> so, yes. The thing about the sport of mixed martial arts is <clears throat> nobody gets into it for money. I mean, there's a lot of money in the UFC now at the top levels. Like where I'm at with the PFL... The winner wins a million dollars every year. Right. Um, six guys. Uh, there's a lot of money in one FC also, but it's about a passion. It's mm-hmm. about a love. And if if your kids have any interest in martial arts, um, the younger they start, the better it is. And that does not necessarily mean they're going to go and fight. Of course. Uh, mm-hmm. 99% of kids out there will train are never going to go out and fight. Right. You know? That's right. That's a huge thing. Um, But to give them the opportunity to pursue something that they love. I truly believe when a parent denies a kid an opportunity at mixed martial arts because they're afraid, you know, you're taking an opportunity. You're taking a huge opportunity away from your child. And you should not do that. Why? Because the things that they can learn, and again, that's what the book is about. Just letting parents know, letting kids know that martial arts isn't all about the violence and mm-hmm. the fighting aspect of it that's that's the smallest part of martial arts it truly is definitely what are you guys planning to do with uh, you said you want to do a series of books is that the plan to do uh, do you have a sense of like it can go on forever or you have a set number that you have in mind of how many this could be i believe it could go on forever uh well i think brooke was starting to talk so i feel like i cut her off were you about to say something no, for the first time I was silent. <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> Doesn't um, happen often, so take advantage. I, I believe it can can go on forever. Uh, there there's a lot of traditions in each one of the styles of the characters that we have, uh, and the future is is you know we don't know when that ends. Mm-hmm. So I don't and think we've got lots of little skills, uh, different different life skills and and scenarios that can play out between interactions between between the characters. So um, I think these characters, one of the things that the feedback that I get, uh, and you, you see in the photos, even when kids are, are looking at the book, the, the illustrations, um, all credit to Nari because she has just, they, they capture the attention and, and the focus of the kids. So we're really keen to play out some scenarios and, and, and really have little stories within the Combat Kids team where um, we, can, we can watch the lesson, you know, what was the, what was the mistake, what was the consequence, and what's the lesson. That's awesome. And each of the characters, they, they all have their one thing that they have to get over, their, their, their weakness, their personal mm-hmm. weakness. And sometimes that personal weakness, um, sometimes they will just walk through it like it's nothing. But there will be times where that personal weakness in this situation has caused them caused them some controversy. And, you know, what what it's like to have the support of a teammate, of a friend, of a mentor in the combat wombat. Um, we I, I look forward to it. Combat Wombat. That's like the coolest oh, thing ever. Combat Wombat yesterday. So we uh, were... I, I, one I, of the things about um, the Australian military bases is they're in some of the most beautiful places in the world. So I, I feel really lucky that I was able to go and explore Jarvis Bay. If anyone's coming to Australia, go and have a look. It's stunning. Um, but I, I definitely spotted a few, a few uh, little... 
creatures that looked a lot like the combat wombat. <laughs> That's so awesome. There was a, at one point I went over to visit Brooke and um, we went out to a park. We saw some wombats. Right. And they are the cutest, most docile things in the world. I, I, I'm really, really close to one. I'm, I'm literally two, three feet away from one of them. And I want to pet it so bad. So, I, But I, I'm not sure. And I see this guy walking by with his family and I'm like... Hey man, what do you think of me petting one of these wombats? And he's like, "Oh no, mate, it's 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 kind of dangerous. They've got razor sharp claws and everything, so you might not want to do that." <laughs> no, but I so but I wanted to. Like, do <laughs> yeah, she was trying to. She wanted she wanted the wombat to kill me and take me down into its burrow for 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 <laughs> winter for the next three weeks. Yeah. All right. But it worked out. But the combat wombat wombats are really docile and. Um, that that it's going to be fun to to build out that character. That's awesome. Um, Just the name itself is like doesn't get any better yeah. than the combat one. But he, he's he's the Christ, he's the Superman of our right. of our world. I mean, he's he's Clark Kent. He's he's Mister Sydney. I love that. <laughs> I love that. So where people can um, find the book, can keep in touch with the whole social media, all of it. Well. The book is on Amazon through Kindle. Uh, you can get it um, ebook through Kindle, and you can get it hard copy delivered through Amazon. Um, we have the Combat Wombat. I'm sorry, the Combat Wombat. <laughs> combat. Uh, that's so much fun to say. Yeah, right? Of course. Uh, we have uh, Combat Kids Instagram page. It's com- at Combat underscore Kids, and you can find us there. Um, Brooke. What what else do you have to add to 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 our to where people can find us? Uh, ah, that, that's that's pretty much it. They can find us in in and also in you can find it in my in my in my bio right now. I made a joke. Somebody uh, we don't even talk about that. I made a joke, yeah, and I'm. Well, I was yep. gonna say, wait, don't don't read Creator Combat Kids and follow that link. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. For the next twenty four hours. For the next. 15 minutes really I'm going to change that but uh, uh, you can you can find their link through through my Instagram page I believe it's on your is it on yours Nari? Uh, the, for, for the book? Yes or? Yes Yes yeah, the, and, and mm-hmm. it's on Brooks also so uh, if you follow any of us and or you can find me at Thug Jitsu Master you can find Brooke at The Adventures of Missy that's M-I-S-S-I-E and you can, I can't, I don't know how to say yours. It's uh, Nari. Nari, yeah, it's just at Nari M, N-A-H-R-Y-E-M. I, th- I thought there was an underscore in there somewhere. Nope. <laughs> no need for an underscore with a name like Nari, right? Yeah, <laughs> you can that. pull it off without any underscore. So you can, you can find the links in any of our Instagram pages. And um, the Combat Kids have their own page on Instagram. And we're going to continue to build this, I believe. Beautiful. I love this. Well... Thank you guys so much for the chat. This is awesome. Thank you, Brooke. Uh, is it what, 6 a.m. where you're at right now? She's across it's the globe. It's 6.30. And... I can see the cockatoos. So that, that's, my, uh, that's my cue. That's your sign that the day is <laughs> about day to is begin. <laughs> cool. Well, awesome. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank Thanks, you for having guys. us, Daniel. <laughs> Thank you. 
Well, the funky music means one thing, and that's the end of another fine episode of the Drunken House Podcast. What a great conversation! I love those people. Uh, I definitely love Savannah, but I also like everyone else involved in the conversation. Well, that's so always nice. It's, uh, that's always a plus. Um, we got no donations because we're recording the intro, outro, back-to-back, so there may be quite a few. Well, I don't know about quite a few, but some of you are sweet folks who donate in the meantime. As doesn't, you will get into the next episode because these one are back-to-back recordings. But we do have some thank you to give. One in particular to bluechew.com for sponsoring this episode. Uh, you guys got, if you use the promo code DRUNK, you got some serious goodies coming to your door because this is the way it goes. You go to bluechew.com and you can get your first shipment free when you use the special promo code DRUNK. You just pay $5 for shipping. That's it. So again, that's bluechew.com promo code DRUNK to try it for free. They are awesome. They, Rich and I, love their products. Check them out. If you ever have sex, I suggest you take them. If you know, if you're a celibate monk in a solitary monastery in Bulgaria, this is probably not for you. If you are not a celibate monk in a monastery in Bulgaria, then I think Bluetooth is a pretty damn good product for anybody. Does, so, does celibate mean no solo work either? Yes, usually that's how... And also, you know, if you did Bluetooth for solo work, there's some issues there that are go deeper than... i trying to move some of the pills. I see, I see. In case, you know, sell us some in the the monasteries in Bulgaria. could change some minds. I don't know why I always pick on Bulgaria for the fact of it. It just sounds sounds funny. It probably sounds cool, yes. And most people probably couldn't find it on a map. Totally, for sure. I had some people that I thought were pretty learned try to tell me that Cyprus is not a country. Oh, Jesus. That's pretty bad. Come on, guys. But, you know, that's the thing is, like, I sometimes feel like the American educational system is seriously lacking in some departments. Of like, course. I see a lot of my students in college, nice people, and then you read their papers and you're like, holy shit, you're barely literate. How did you get through school, get into college or any of that? And it's, and it's not their fault. You know, they got shitty teaching early on. Or, yeah, the knowledge of geography that people get out of school with is painful but there's not even really any excuse because they don't know their they don't know their capitals of states either no it's no but like i mean they don't it, know anything there's no civics u.s grade school is really not the best universities are pretty decent grade school is uh, i'm sure there are good exceptions but the average i've seen is pretty bad but in any mm, case this takes that could possibly a, be by design uh, could be that is not a bug in the system that it is the system keep them drunk and stupid right yeah it was weird it's like when i came to us i was like i was okay you know i was a decent student but i wasn't like the best ever and i came to us and i was like holy shit i'm way ahead of the curve before we even start here and i barely speak english this is not a bad gig so that was interesting in any case um, <laughs> what took us down that route? Yeah, I have no idea. Blue we you. are, you know, Savannah gave <laughs> us, here's what happened. Savannah gave us this drink before we started recording. It's got the giggle juice in it or something. I love it. It, it has the awesome Snorros coffee. It contains this uh, protein from Omnit, Mexican chocolate, which unlike any other protein supplement that tastes like your grandma's underwear, it, this <laughs> stuff actually tastes amazing. So it's just... Great stuff. But ever since we drank this thing, Rich and I are like wired and happier. We look high as hell. It's, it's interesting. Some mushrooms in there. I know. Uh oh. That's not the right bag. <laughs> <laughs> 
So there's that. Maybe an extended um, episode. <laughs> the usual shout-outs to uh, Datsusara, Shore Design T-shirt, all the good stuff. And uh, if you... Oh, of course, grasslandbeef.com. I've been mentioning these guys for a few episodes. If you are vegetarian, this does not concern you. But if you are not vegetarian, if you do eat any kind of beef, fish, uh, chicken, pork, you name it, all the good stuff that people put on their plate for protein... Check out grasslandbeef.com, come straight to your door, packed in ice, perfectly preserved, and it tastes amazing. So check out this guy's website. Our friends at Daisy House, you can find their records at the Bandcamp slash Daisy House. They probably have, I think it's six of them now, and you can either buy a single or you can buy a record. Support the people that give us our incredible theme music, which is just like signatory at this point. It's so well-crafted and perfectly sets it up. And then uh, Kiwi.org, we continue to ask more of you to come join us to help some folks out around the world and in your own country now. I have discovered, though, that it seems when it comes to loans that default, the people from the U.S. seem to do it more than the rest of the world. Really? Oh, yeah. Interesting. Well, Not surprising. No. That's... Do you see some sort of crazy number? Seven or eight million people are behind in their car payments by more than three months now? Yeah. Here we go it's, again. Um... Another not a bug in the system. It is the system. No, they already took all their houses. Now they're yeah. going to take their cars. Seems what's coming up next. All right, enough of that. On that happy <laughs> note, we are going to wish you an awesome day. And a bus ticket. And so ends another awesome episode of the Drunken Dows Podcast. Be sure to keep your ears peeled for another mind-expanding episode coming soon. We'll be tweeting you as they come out. You can keep track of Daniele at dbolelli. That's D-B-O-L-E-L-L-I. And you can find me on Twitter at Richimon1. R-I-C-H-I-M-O-N and the numeral one. We'll see you all soon. Woo! No, you don't. In questo caso, in questo caso, le provvidenza di Dio. Duncan showed you the way, eh? Oh man, isn't that scary to think? Nice. So don't kill people, do that instead. <laughs> this was great. It's fucking awesome. And I love this conversation. I have nothing against chicken other than the fact that they are ugly and weird and strange. We've been you having know, a great hour nice. here. Dun, dun, dun. I completely got lost. Are we doing the outro or the intro? We're outro. Oh, we're outro. Okay, sorry. So that's. <laughs> So let's continue. Did you ever see the movie Tombstone with uh, Val Kilmer and... Uh, uh, your accent, it just... Whatever that movie is you were trying to tell me about... Can you translate for me, please? I believe the word was Tombstone. Yeah, that one, exactly. <laughs> just as I was saying, you know, Tombstone. <laughs> now, most everybody thought... <coughs> Sorry. We'll, <coughs> we'll do a cut on there. Or not. That was something else. <laughs> no, that's maybe too powerful. <laughs>
What do I have to do? One day the rod shall teach you. Get back to work. Funky. Podcasting. It's like radio, but you can cuss.